0: Have you ever failed? Maybe it's a big failure or a little failure. Maybe you recently failed. Maybe an old failure is still nagging at you. What does the Bible say about how to deal with failure? Today we're gonna look at the Apostle Peter and a pretty epic failure and what he did in response to that failure. Let's learn together. Hello everyone, welcome back to the You've Got 10 Minutes podcast. This is Ben Willis. And today we're talking about a topic that all of us will face at some point or another, failure. When I say that word, you've probably got an idea in your mind of what it means. To lose, to be humbled, or even humiliated, maybe. But what is failure, really? Well, we fail when we don't live up to God's standard. You may be thinking, well, by that definition, I fail all the time. And you would be correct. Only one person ever walked that never failed, and his name is Jesus. The rest of us fail with some regularity. Here's the problem, though. We don't like feeling like we failed. I don't like it. I'm sure you don't either. So there's a strong temptation to construct a set of rules of our own making that we can, for the most part, keep, and by doing so, we don't have to feel like we've failed. I've been guilty of this, and if you're being honest, so have you. Here are some examples. I only get drunk on the weekends, or I only watch a little porn, or I only shout at my kids if they make too much noise during the game, and on and on and on. Each of these examples is a failure, of course. As I said, the Bible is full of insight to help us avoid failure, but that's not the topic of this podcast. Today we're talking about what to do when failure, especially big failure, inevitably comes. For that, we turn to the Apostle Peter. It's hard to dislike Peter when you read about him in the Bible. He's loyal, tough, passionate, humble. He seems like he'd be a good friend. He makes bold claims to Jesus like, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. That's in Matthew twenty-six thirty-three. But Jesus knows that Peter's fallible and knows he'll fail to live up to God's standard or even his own standard. Jesus responds to Peter's boast, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. Of course, as Jesus predicts, Peter fails by claiming three different times that he doesn't even know Jesus. We're all familiar with the famous story. We also know this is a crushing failure for Peter. As the Bible tells us, he, quote, went away weeping bitterly, end quote. That's Matthew twenty six seventy five. Not only this, but then Peter watches as Jesus is crucified. So Peter betrays his Lord, who then dies, and Peter's left with the guilt and doesn't even get to apologize. How wonderful that Christ rose for Peter, but it gets even better. After Peter's denial, the next conversation between Peter and Jesus is as follows, recorded for us in John chapter 21. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and headed to the shore. The others with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from the shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Let's take a look at what Peter does with his failure and how Jesus responds here. First, Peter goes straight to Jesus. He doesn't hide or deny or sulk. He jumps out of the boat and swims to Jesus. No one else in the boat did that, only the man with the recent big failure. Following a big failure, we don't want to think about it. We don't want to be reminded of the failure and seeing the person we failed is a reminder. This is especially tough when that person is Jesus. We don't have a record of Peter doing this in Scripture, but it's safe to say he asked forgiveness from Jesus for his failing, and the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive. Peter faced his failure, he confessed it, he confronted it, and took it to Jesus. Peter also remembered something I sometimes forget. We don't earn our acceptance from Jesus. It is a free gift, as the Bible says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. That's Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Peter knew his salvation was not his to lose, and that the love of Jesus doesn't wax and wane based on our performance. Remembering this gave him the freedom to approach Jesus again with confidence. This is an example of someone trusting Jesus more than their own performance to make them right with God. Finally, Peter learned from his failing. He would never deny Christ again. In fact, shortly after this conversation with Jesus, Peter preached boldly to a large crowd saying, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's Acts 2.38. Following this, around 3000 people were converted that day because of his preaching. Peter was later arrested and taken before the Jewish ruling council and high priest. And the following is what happened. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we have done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, The stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. What should we do with these men, they asked each other. We can't deny they have performed a miraculous sign. And everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, listen to this, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. Peter failed by denying Christ in private conversations and eventually succeeded by proclaiming Christ to the masses and the authorities even when threatened. He would never deny Christ again. In fact, he would later die due to this. Translation, he learned from his failure. So how do we deal with failure correctly as Peter did? Number one, face our failure, admit it, and confess our wrongdoing. Number two, remember that we don't earn our salvation and as a result, a failure doesn't condemn us forever. And finally, number three, learn from the mistake. Ask what was going on in my life, my heart, my mind that made me vulnerable to that failure. How can i avoid that condition in the future that thing that person that place what aspect of my character is flawed that led to this failure what can i do to grow in that area etc ask yourselves these questions admittedly this is tough especially step one but remember step one is possible because of step two we're going to fail but let's take a look at what jesus does with our failure first jesus forgives he is faithful and just to forgive and jesus models how to do it properly he sits next to Peter intentionally. He doesn't become cold or distant. He preserves the friendship. When we fail, Jesus wants to forgive us. Jesus also shows us how to forgive someone who has failed us but faces it and confesses. Second, Jesus teaches. Peter learned from his mistake because Jesus taught him. Jesus reminds Peter of his responsibility as a leader and empowers him to lead by saying, Feed my sheep. What an honor and privilege for a man who had just failed. Jesus treats Peter's failure not as an opportunity to condemn, but instead as an opportunity for growth, and it works. Finally, in my favorite part of the story, Jesus restores. I used to wonder, why does Jesus ask Peter the same question three times? Peter is right. Jesus already knows the answer, so it must be for Peter's benefit, and that's true. Remember that Peter denied Jesus three times. Here, Jesus is allowing Peter to look Jesus in the eye and tell Jesus he loves him once for each time he had previously denied him. I'd imagine Peter felt tremendous guilt for this. A chance to say I love you three times must have been a tremendous burden lifting from his shoulders. Jesus wanted and wants restoration of right relationship with his people. This conversation is an example of his work to restore us. Whatever failure we have, Jesus wants to forgive, teach, and restore us to right relationship with him. It's an incredible privilege. So when we fail, what do we do? Number one, face our failure, admit and confess. Number two, remember we don't save ourselves. Number three, learn from our mistakes. And reminder, when we fail, what does Jesus do? He forgives, he teaches, and he restores. Failure doesn't have to crush us. Just look at Peter. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the people listening to this podcast. Thank you, thank you that you heal, restore, and forgive and teach us. We pray, Lord, that we would learn from our failures and that we'd bring them to you. And I pray for anyone out there who's struggling with a failure right now, that they would hear this and be encouraged and it would be helpful to them. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.